can they hear us now? Good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Cabo Nation. Thank you to everyone who's to the show across the globe. Hope everybody out there had a great weekend. Punch down on that subscribe button. Today's episode is an NBA rookie check-in with Keandre of Hoop Intellect. Just a fantastic conversation. We discuss the differences between Chet and Wemby's game. Asar Thompson's defense. Is there reasons to be concerned with Scoot Henderson and more go subscribe to hoop intellect on youtube today's show is brought to you by prize picks with your skills and just a few easy taps you could turn ten dollars into 250 dollars go to prize picks and use code combo for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars that's right go to prize picks and use code combo for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Another way to support Combos Court is to hit the Combos Court Venmo. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. Let's get into it. Don't do it to him. All right, Kiaja, Hoop Intellect, welcome back to the show. What's the vibes, my guy? Hey, man, you know, we're just doing the same thing. Feeling good. Just working. How about yourself, man? Doing well. Tyrese Halliburton, magical, isn't he? Man, you know, that's a... That's a special dude right there, you know, putting up teens in the in the assist department and zero turnovers back to back and gets you thirty also, makes big plays. Like what what else can you ask for him leading the, the Pacers to the end season tournament championship? Yeah. You were covering him, right? You were covering the draft back in twenty twenty. I was covering the draft in twenty twenty. That was the beginning. That like that had to be one of the first three or four scouting videos I ever did on YouTube. So I honestly don't even remember what I said. I have to go <laughs> to me. Um, but I do remember liking him enough, but I was one of the people who was a little bit more skeptical in his ability to create because that yeah. just wasn't there all the way in college. But mm-hmm. the feel, the passing, the you know, smart plays, heady plays. I actually did like his shot, believe it or not. Okay. Um I thought that it obviously is weird, but it was going in at such a high clip and in good volume. So that was one thing that I could say that I at least hung my hat on. But I know you were a lot higher on him than than I was at that time. So yeah, you're also a lot more humble than me. Like I'll go back and keep on pulling up old clips and he's talking about. <laughs> but so you you're right so much. You you don't do that like me. So uh, you don't have to always go back in the archives looking for every time I was right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, like honestly, just 2020. That was just a whirlwind. Like I would really yeah. have to go sit back and go look at what I was saying, especially in those early videos, to to really know. All right, let's fast forward. Uh, you know we have to start with Chet and Wemby, but I want to hit this from a little bit different angle, right? Um, I love what the Spurs are doing. You know, just letting him play basketball. I always said I hope Pop is like that press Maravich to what Wemby would be like to Pete Maravich. Not saying they're similar players, just but giving him the freedom. You know, I yeah. love what's happening there. And then also I love that Chet's filling in in a winning situation. 
But my question to you is, if we saw them in a pickup game, let's say high level like Rico Hines or a good summer league like, you know, Bucket Park or wherever you want to say, the Drew League, and we just watched these two play, how do you project that to look? And not really the similarities because the similarities are very apparent. How are they different in a, in a construct like that with just total freedom? Yeah, I don't know. I think it would be interesting to see that because honestly, right now with Wimby, we're getting to see a lot more of that. Like it would be closer to what he does now. I think that he would be able to, I think that he would have a little bit more freedom and just the confidence outside of the NBA game to like just make more shots and be able to try certain things that he wouldn't um, necessarily in mm-hmm. the in the NBA lines. But for Chet, I think it would unlock just a little bit more of some of the off the dribble stuff and um, I think you kind of see that there was a couple runs this summer. I don't know who they were with or who recorded it, but it was like Embiid. I think it was a lot of the Drew Hanlon guys um, in runs. I think KD might have been there one time, um, but you could see some of that stuff with Chet and and, and all the the extras. So I don't. I honestly couldn't tell you what it would look like in in sort of an open run. Both those guys are super talented. I think that they you would see a little bit more from Chet. And I think M, uh, Wimby would also just kind of bring you what what we know from him is a seven, five dude who can handle. So, I mean, they're so similar. What's the biggest difference between them? The biggest difference is right now, I think obviously. So I like to break it down with Chet, the way that he plays defense, he's great positionally, right? So he's not necessarily going to be somebody who can, you just switch him on to all your wings or guards and he's just going to stay strive for strive with all of them, but he's going to always be in the right position, help side. He's fearless at the bucket. He has great timing at the rim in terms of shot blocking and and protecting the rim in that way. Whereas Wimby, you know, he may be out of position quite a bit, but he has the length and just the ability to cover ground in a way that maybe Chet doesn't. Now, I think Chet is a little bit better defender right now, but in the future, Wimby starts to get that positioning down a little bit more. You know, the sky is is a, is a, is the limit for him on that end, in my opinion. Um, so there, that's where Chet is a little bit different. Um, offensively, right now, Chet is just one. He's a better shooter. Two, he plays the five. So when he has those five matchups, he's able to attack those closeouts and be that trail man and be able to take advantage there. And in a few ways that I think Wimby should be able to do in the future, I think it'll be a little bit easier for him if he if he becomes that matchup problem for a team. Um, just being able to play the five uh, and not having a Zach Collins out there and then also not having like Jeremy Sohan in there running the one. But you've got that for for Chet and the way that he's able to shoot the ball and knock down shots that way. And he's just a little bit more composed, kind of plays within the, the framework of the Thunder offense, which makes sense given they have a lot more players who have more experience. You've got a Shea. Um, they kind of have all the structure. He just kind of gets in where he fits in right now. Um, and then Obviously, you know, we can go into the, the little differences between Wimby probably having a little bit better handle or, you know, being able to do, you know, some certain other things, just having a better, bigger catch radius um, as sort of a lob man or a transition guy and be loving to leak out there. But, um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of differences between them. I think that um, they are some and like if we zoom out, they are similar in that way. But if we really look at who they are as players, they are pretty different right now, at least. Yeah, so you basically said on defense that Chet is better right now and Wemby's ceiling is probably higher. Is it the same mm-hmm. on offense? Do you feel Chet is better right now on offense, but Wemby's ceiling is higher? 
Yeah, I would say that Chet is definitely more effective right now. Like, we can go through every metric. We can look at the percentages. Um, obviously, I think Wimby has the edge on him in points per game right now. But just in terms of being able to fill a role, do things. And I think Chet kind of gets – people always want to give Shea and, and Giddy or whoever else is on that team a lot of credit for – what he does and just like setting him up. I think that there is some credit that should be given to the entire Thunder team for just having good, better players because when mm-hmm. you're on a better team, looks are going to come easier. But that doesn't mean that Chet isn't make, getting things out of his own offense. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not just all setups and he has no unassisted makes or anything like that. You can go, you can pull up the numbers on that. Um, but right now, I think Wimby is just. He's probably just a little easier at create, like a little better at creating in certain ways. The shots just aren't falling yet, and then once those start to fall, you know, we might see a little bit more of a disparity. But that's that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, that's why I wanted to take it to the open run because I didn't really want to. I wanted to see it from a perspective where it wasn't about the fit because obviously Chet has such a better team around him, you know. So it's so interesting in that regard. But um, it would be interesting also. Like we'll never get, and I love the situation that each one of them are in, but it would be fun to see like what Wemby would do on the thunder. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that would, that would be interesting because like, it depends on coaching too. I think it'd be interesting to say like, Hey, let's throw Shea on the Spurs with pop and see what he does there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that would be kind of an interesting thing. To, I mean, to that's, a, you, that's such an, <laughs> that's such a big difference from SGA to Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy Sohan player the point. Right. 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 Um, so like, how do you, control him like what do you tell him oh, these are the shots we want you to take these are you know this is what we want you to do I couldn't even honestly tell you what that looks like um but I do think it would be just a little bit easier just be given that he's playing with better players that's just the, the nature of the game you know yeah I mean what Wemby's hovering around 20 now so you figure if he's playing with like a SGA it could bump up to like 24 25 right. you know right and then if we put Wemby on OKC, I think his efficiency would be better, but it wouldn't quite be like Chet's. Right. I mean, the the we've talked about this for a couple years now. Like Wimby, it's like it's been more of a when he shoots it at a high clip, that's when things are gonna take off. Because he's been a he's been hovering around 30% for the last couple of years. The thing that was different last year is the volume went up and the ways that he was taking them went up in a huge way. And that's kind of what propelled him to being, okay, this guy might be generational, not just the number one pick. Um, so it's kind of just like, let's see if we can get him to 33%, 35%. And then what, what things look like from there. All right, Keandre, let's take our talents to South beach. How many Hawkes? Man. Are you surprised by what you're seeing? And why do you think so many people, you could correct me if I'm wrong, looked at him as just like a really good college player and they weren't sure about him at the NBA level? Yeah, I, I definitely have been surprised by how quickly he's kind of acclimated himself. Now, not necessarily because it is Miami. I thought Miami was one of the one spots, maybe a San Antonio mm-hmm. um there's another team out there. I'm, I'm blanking culture on. spots. I mean, I think the Warriors would be nice. Warriors potentially. I yeah. mean, Steve Curry. You never know. That's true. Um, yeah, he doesn't. Give, he does, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't give his young guy an opportunity like he should. That's it, for sure. Right. Um, but if he was to get into a situation like that, I thought that he might have been able to pop. But this is the thing that he's been doing: just being able to 
play his game that he played at UCLA, that's what's been important for him. So being able to, you know, go on those live post-ups or even post up on a smaller guy um, when he has the mismatch and do those types of things and being able to just operate in the lane. And I think for me personally, he's the type of player that kind of makes you change your draft philosophy in a way because you look at like, obviously anybody who watched him in college, there was nobody who was like, oh, this is a bad player. Like you saw him, you watched him, you know he can go, right? It was just like, okay, can he really guard wings? Can he stay in front of guys that are, you know, NBA wings at the next Mm -hmm. level? That was a big question I had. He's done that in a big way so far. His toughness and his positioning has has outweighed any foot speed questions you might have had there. Um, The next thing is like, can he shoot the ball? He's been shooting it at a high clip right now. So that's Mm -hmm. another thing that he's already checked off. Um, And then... From there, it's just like, can he stretch the game out? Can he handle it well enough? Can he, you know, do some of the things you saw in stretches from maybe 17, 18 feet out um, more in an NBA spacing type environment? So he's done all of those things. And you just look at a guy who, okay, the Heat probably saw the work ethic. The, the, the guy just loves to play the game. He's yes. no nonsense. And that yes. those type of things matter a lot more than you can just see on the film or what Mick Cronin had him doing at UCLA to win their games, you know? Um, so those are all kind of the elements that, that go into him doing what he's doing now. He's been, he's been great. Yeah. I've already like, he loves to hoop on his days off. So, you know, that's always a right. good thing. As you said, like he loves the game. I feel like it is hard to find an improvement area for me. He kind of feels like a complete guy at this point. He he's he's really good. Like I don't know yeah. how good he ends up getting. He's the right. only guy we never right. see. We never know. Development isn't linear. Some of those guys kind of kind of plateau early, and they're just really really good role players. Some of those guys take that star jump. That'll be something we like watch for. You know, year two, three down the line. But yeah, I mean, if he can continue shooting the ball like he has, like this is a really good player and somebody who I think helps Miami win this year. Like helps them win playoff games this year. And he's done it a lot of the time with Tyler Hero out. So, I mean, he's kind of stepped up for them in a, in a big way. Definitely stepped up. Let's take it to Detroit. Man, they're a total disaster. But Asar has been, you know, he's been great, especially defensively, right? Are you surprised coming from OTE? It feels like there's somewhat lack of basketball structure there. The structure of OTE as a whole is very good. Like, they're very organized. But it's a content machine. Like, we don't really think about like defensive schemes and how guys will play on the defensive side of the ball really that much coming from OTE. Are you surprised with how elite he is on defense this young in the NBA? Honestly, no, after summer league, because I saw him over those games start to get better quickly in terms of the structure and being able to gamble a little bit less. He did a lot of gambling in OTE, which makes sense. Like, yeah, exactly. You can get seven steals in a game. Like, of course, I'm going to play this passing lane right now. And you're good. And you're good. And the more dunks you get, the more viral you go. (laughs) I'm going to windmill this. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, So as he was working through summer league, he started to get better and better at that. And then going into the regular season, he just kind of put all the the natural tools as a guy who you watch the tape. He had some of the best lateral ability that I've seen from a wing, just being able to mirror players and do things of that nature. He's got great, you know, size and wingspan, a great athlete. So you put all those pieces together. I'm not super surprised that he's been able to to make such an impact on that in early. Now it is this this piston situation is like. It's how really you, bad. Piaget, how do you explain this? They got Cade Cunningham, <laughs> some good young players, um, an experienced coach. Like, what do you make of when you watch? What do you make of this team when you watch them play? Uh, 
honestly, you know, I think a lot of the things Monty Williams has done this year have have hurt them. Um, I think you would like to have Bogdanovich in there the entire year. I think that would have helped them a lot. But at the same time, if you're going to play Bogdanovich at the three with Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran still in there in the front court, like it doesn't really, his impact isn't felt in the way that it possibly could be. And then you've got Jaden Ivey being benched for the entire first quarter after he played well down the stretch last year. And it's like, you start to ask a lot of questions about what what's going on in Detroit beyond just them losing games. It's like the process. What are we? What are the decisions that we're making that are leading to some of these losses? Um, and then it's just not a good environment for K to get his game off. Asar on the other end of the floor mm-hmm. isn't. You know, teams are figuring it out that hey, we don't need to play him at all when he's out on the three point line. Um, yeah, yeah, true. So this it's just a it's just a combination of things going into it, and then. You know, once you're in a losing situation, you know, as a basketball player, like it just starts to kind of snowball very quickly if you don't get things under control. And and we've seen kind of seen that. Yeah, we have a way bigger sample size with a SAR when it comes to NBA games than a men. But which brother would you take as of right now? I still take a men, but mm-hmm. I do like a SAR and I'm I'm glad to see him already making an impact in this way. Um, I think. Honestly, if he just starts hitting a three ball at a decent clip, I said this in one of my videos, but he's going to take off because once you have to attract that closeout, he's going to be able to to get to the rack a little bit more, be able to make plays out of there offensively in the half court. And that's fine because what he does in transition um, and then obviously what he brings to the table defensively, that's going to be one of the most valued players in the league if he's an all defense caliber, you know. A player like that, but Amin, you know, we just saw him make his G League debut uh, the other day mm-hmm. after being out with the ankle injury. And I think you see all the stuff that he's able to do. Just his his overall offensive ceiling is just a little bit higher. He's starting to hit jumpers already down there. Um, so uh, I would take him, but, you know, I don't think you can really go wrong if you're just going off of what you've seen um, so far. Yeah, I felt that Cam Whitmore is like in a Jalen Johnson situation. Like if he actually had the right opportunity – he could be an all MB all rookie guy. Like, do you see that as well when you're watching Cam Whitmore in the G League? Yeah, I mean, if he was on Charlotte or obviously right. like Detroit, um, San Antonio, even like if they would let yeah. him go, he'd yeah. be able to to put up numbers. Um, he would fit. He would stats. fit the Spurs nicely, actually. I would like that because he's yeah. just gonna go. You know, yeah, right. and they don't have a ton of those guys outside yeah. of the cell who can really go get it. Right. Um. So I think in a different situation, he would really shine. Obviously, Houston has a lot going on. They're winning at least. So I am I think in the future, we'll be able to see him make an impact, though. Yeah, like peeking into the future, I could just see like all the stories. This guy started out in the G League. You know, now he's a I could see. I mean, there's potential for all star. Like I, I see it from what I saw in summer league. Like he's pretty good on both sides of the floor. And he has like he has a special type of athleticism. Yeah, he's he's really he's really Got a lot of talent. If like he, he looked like, together... he look like a man amongst boys at times in summer league. Right, right. He can put it together in terms of the decision making, like in passing sometimes, and just be a little bit more solid on defense. Kind of use those tools better. Like this guy is honestly the name. It's not a lot. It's not a bunch of eighteen, nineteen year old dudes. Yes, that size, that athletic, being able to do that. So I mean, it's just it's right there. That's another thing. Like, is he younger than the Thompson twins? It feels like he's oh, yeah. not. Like, it feels like he's not because we think of OTE as like a young league, and then Cam spends a year in college, so we don't really look at him like a young guy, you know? 
He turned 19 in July. Yes. Yeah, so he was young. at Summer League. He just turned 19. He would be a pretty young player in this class if he was, um, you know, in it. And I would, he would be my number one pick uh, if he was in this class, honestly. So, yeah. Um, I know a lot of people don't feel the same way. Obviously, you went 20th. Um, so, but yeah, that, that uh, was just that, that was just weird. Something ha- I heard stories that it was like something with a knee scan and then the shooting yeah. was wonky and shooting workouts. But he was supposed to go like top ten at least. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But I still think that that's <laughs> going to end up looking real bad for a lot of teams. Yes, yes, totally agree. All right. Speaking of summer league, when I saw Jordan Hawkins play in summer league, mm. what stood out to me was how small he was. Right, like he's a lot smaller than I thought he would be watching him play. <laughs> and now, you know, he definitely showed some flashes in summer league. But I watch him play in the NBA. Like that guy could get a shot off. He could shoot with a volume with a solid percentage, which every team needs, right? Like you need that gravity and it fits well with players like Zion and Brandon Ingram. But my question to you is like, what do you feel Jordan Hawkins role will be ideal role on a winning NBA team? Yeah, he's one of my favorite players to watch. His scouting report was one of my favorite to do. Just watching him run through all those uh, UConn sets on the way to the national championship. I think in the NBA, his obviously he's kind of out of the rotation because they had Jose, CJ, Trey, Trey, Trey Man- Murphy. Yeah, Trey, Trey Murphy, exactly. Yeah. They all came back at the same time, so it kind of pushed him out, which um, you know, it is what it is. But I think ideally he can have that JJ Reddick type of impact, that movement mm-hmm. shooter. I think he can be a little bit better than JJ was defensively, but he does try um hard on that end and he was he was decent in his minutes this year, uh so far, at least off the ball. Um and yeah, just making plays off of there, getting to the pull up, that's stuff he can still get better at. You see it, but you know, the percentages haven't been there all the way. Um But yeah, I think he can have that JJ Reddick to to KCP to, you know, throw out some other guys out there, uh Rip Hamilton to to an extent, um, type of role and, and really help a team win. Um I I'm not hundred percent sure. The, my biggest hang up with him was always the size because he is a little small to be a wing, but he's not necessarily like this lockdown guy at the point of attack um, on defense. So that was kind of the, the, the question mark for me. But like, I think if he continues to get bigger, stronger and kind of dispel some of those concerns, like he he's going to be a starter for seven, eight, nine years somewhere and win a lot of games. So you think he could start and play off the ball at his size in the modern NBA? I think he could. I think just having him on the court and his gravity and being able to run him off, because we've seen Duncan Robinson start games for finals teams. You know, JJ was on all those great Clippers teams up to, you know, whenever. And Philly teams also mm-hmm. um, probably came came off the bench part-time maybe at some point. But, like, right situation, you've got the, the right um, kind of uh, context for him. Rim protector on the backside, like, Let's let's say let's say Kyrie goes somewhere else. This is like five years down the line. You got Luca, you got Derek Lively, and you've got wings and, and other defenders. Put Jordan Hawkins in there, let him run around, catch off of Luca's grab. Like that makes sense, you know? So or if he was in OKC right next to, to Shea and you got Chet back back there and then, you know, two big wings, you know, that 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 works to me. So Yeah, I feel like just being a movement shooter is it's a rare quality to find at an elite level. Like to me, Max Struess is a better basketball player 
than Duncan Robinson, but Duncan Robinson is more valuable because he has such a rare skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you can do it, you can you can get on the floor. If you're elite, you're gonna find the floor, and it's just it's just getting to that level can be hard sometimes. But I think Hawkins, you look at his footwork and the way that he's able to get a shot off so quickly, and, and think he could do it. Yeah. So Brandon Miller, you know, we've been high on him for a while, Keandre. I think moving forward as he improves, he's going to be like Paul George, not in the sense that their game is going to be exactly the same, but I do think he'll be a guy who will eventually have seamlessly no weaknesses. Yeah, I think it's possible. You know, I people always want to kind of come to conclusions off of like early rookie season stuff, but I think he can still be one of the better players in this class, pretty obviously, especially as he gets going. Um, hopefully he doesn't have too many more injuries over the course of this season. Um, but, yeah, you know, big wing, can really shoot it, make plays, um, handle the ball. If he can continue to keep using his body and get to that mid-range and mm-hmm. kind of dispel some of those, like he's not the quickest dude. That's what Paul George does in a, in a lot of ways. People don't realize it, at least now. Earlier in his career, he was able to blow by <clears throat> a little bit more often. But now it's just he's going to get you if you cut him off on that. He's going to get into your your body, get to that side step, step back. Like that type of stuff, that's going to that's what's going to put Brandon Miller over the top. And then he's already finished at a better rate this year so far. So I think there's a lot to like out of him. Hopefully, again, LaMelo can be in there a little bit more often and they can build some more chemistry, get some things going in the right direction for Charlotte. Yeah, he's playing well defensively. Also, what's interesting about right, him, as right, you right. mentioned, he's not the burstiest that he's not the burstiest athlete, but then he has like this sneaky bounce off too. Like he gets I know. up, bro. He gets up. <laughs> and he's he's such he's an interesting player because he is so like slow and methodical, and then he'll dunk it on somebody. He just he'll randomly, just like he'll like, just like float up, right? I know. <laughs> he had that one clip in high school. He jumped over somebody, and it's like, can he can he do that in college? And then you know, later on in the year, he dunked on dude in South Carolina, and then he, he missed one this year. He he missed one this year. That was crazy. Yeah, I think yeah. that was against the Wizards, maybe. Um, yeah, Daniel Gafford or something. But yeah, yeah, he's he's a good player. Yeah, for sure. Keandre, are you concerned about Scoot? I'm not, you know, I think that we kind of, we kind of lose, we kind of forget the process for certain players. Um, you go back and look at De'Aaron Fox's first 15, 20 games in the league. Mm. It was not pretty. You know, people forget that. Anthony Edwards, that wasn't that long ago. First part of his career was not, it didn't look good. Darius Garland was the worst player in the league by a lot of metrics that entire season. Um, so I think that you got to give Scoot time. Obviously having the injury hasn't um, been good either for him. I think the thing you want to see out of him is just be aggressive, be assertive, get to your spots, and then, you know, just kind of let everything fall into place from there. He just hasn't – he hasn't looked great um, so far this year, but there are still flashes. He'll get downhill, make plays, you know, little wraparounds. Last night I remember he had a few of those that didn't – you know, end up as assists. Um, so I think, you know, that that athletic downhill guard that we thought that he could be as a playmaker um, is still there. It's just going to, you know, take some time. And the the one thing that I would say, though, is with a guy like Anthony Simons, who I like a lot, is dynamic, big-time shooter, one of the best shooters in the league, super underrated in that aspect. 
You've got Shaden, who is emerging, and I think – I mean, you, you like him naturally at the two, just for defensive purposes too. Um, it's like somebody might get cut out there. And, and in terms of minutes, you also got Brogdon there, who is kind of a, a place filler, at least for the time being. But somebody's going to get cut out there uh, eventually. It's just we're going to have to see who that ends up being. That will be my one hang-up with all that. All right, Kanji, before we get out of here, college basketball season has started – which NBA draft prospect has surprised you most thus far? That's a tough question. Um, surprised? I've been disappointed by a lot of people. <laughs> um, so, But surprised, I would probably say... I would probably say maybe Bub Carrington, Carlton Carrington at Pitt. You know, okay. there, are, there are some things that he's going to need to work on to, to reach the highest levels, but... He was somebody who was more on the watch list, kind of the outside looking in as like a um, 50 plus ranked guy coming um, into the season. But the way he's able to make tough shots um, is as good as anybody I've scouted over the last several years. He's going to have to get to the rim a little bit better, um, kind of answer some questions defensively. But I've been really impressed by what he's done so far. And I think that he continues to fly upwards and, and becomes a first round pick uh, by the end of the year if he can you know do some of those things so he's been someone that um would be at the top of my list in that aspect i think there's probably somebody else that i'm forgetting that um should also be on that that kind of list okay let's, so uh, let's do this let's do this i never heard keandre say he was so disappointed about a college <laughs> basketball season so who's been the disappointment not to end on a negative note but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we I got you got time for for uh, for how many? No, um, I think the people who have been sort of the most disappointing are Justin Edwards at Kentucky. Um, he's somebody who some people had as their number one coming into the year. Uh, there's been concerns in in what he's done defensively. He just has not looked good on that end. The creation stuff that you kind of liked as a potential point forward lefty dude hasn't been there in in a impactful way and then you've got um you know he hasn't shot the ball well either so that's kind of led to um, him being the the odd person now in, in this kentucky group you got Reed, oh reed shepherd and and uh rob dillingham that's the positive ones that mm -hmm. i'll go to um but yeah so justin edwards has been one of those uh disappointing guys but yeah reed shepherd and, and rob dillingham for positives those dudes have been getting to it. I was skeptical about Rob, you know, transitioning to higher levels as kind of a smaller scoring guard, but right. like the talent is there and he's improved as a playmaker. Um, he's been solid defensively. So, you know, he can go and you, you see what he, he can do in, in the highlight reels. And then Reed Shepard is somebody who pretty much goes out there and never makes a mistake, shoots the ball. Well, good decision maker, rarely turns it over, has been better defensively than I expected. Um, so those two Kentucky guards have probably, those have been their best two prospects this year and they were, they still come off the bench. So, um, it's kind of an interesting season for, for, for that right there. So we got to end on a positive note. That's good. Keontra. Yeah. I had to, <laughs> I had to think about all the things that were going on to get, to get there. So, yeah. Yeah. The mind is such an interest, interesting thing when you're locked in on trying to think about something, sometimes <laughs> you get, sometimes you get stuck. And then when you kind of move away from it, that's when everything comes yeah. to life you ever like on your phone and you're trying to think about something and once you put the phone down it's like oh that's it like yeah exactly you know i start trying to think about 
everything so hard. That's the only player that came to my mind. But yeah, those those two for sure. Good. We, we ended on a positive note. That's always good. All right, Keandre, where can we find your work? Yeah, you can find my stuff on YouTube at Hoop Intellect. Um, got the new board dropping very soon. It'll come out this weekend. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And then on Twitter, Hoop Intellect and, and Instagram as well. So, so yeah. It's always great having you on the show, Keandre. You know you're always welcome back and talk soon. I appreciate it, man. There it is. Episode 535 is in the books. Big shouts to Keandre for joining in. We always appreciate you. Combo Nation, punch down on that subscribe button wherever you may be listening to this show. Appreciate you all. Shouts to Prize Picks. This episode was brought to you by Prize Picks. So go to Prize Picks and punch in code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. That's right. Go to Prize Picks. And punch in code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Another way to support the show is to hit Combo's Court Venmo. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. And be on the lookout for episode 536. Combo, out.